Okay, hello everybody and welcome to the Broken Wings Podcast. Timothy B here and I uh, have a great guest for you today, um, Mick. Can you introduce yourself, Mick? Hey everybody, uh, I'm Mick. I am here in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, 21 years old. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's great to have you, Mick. Um, you know, I always say a little something about somebody when I have them on there, and I made sure I put that some people talk and some do. When I was when I was thinking about you, um, you know, you're a great guy, very friendly, and a very young person in recovery. So you're 21. Mm-hmm. Um, and how long have you been sober? I have been sober. So what's today's the third or the fourth? Um, the third. So tomorrow it'll be two years and six months. Wow, wow. So since July 4th, 2018. That's the last time I drank or drug. Wow, wow. That's great, that's great. Um, I'll skip around here, because that brings up one of my questions is, you know, you've never legally bought a drink. No, I have not. Um, And it's something I don't pay as much mind to. Mm. As I definitely thought I would have at first. Mm-hmm. That was, I mean, stepping into, like, the rooms and, you know, getting into my treatment. It was the first questions I had was, okay, well, are we talking about, like, you know, never, ever, ever? Like, like, like legally. Right. Yeah. It was like, I can't, even when it's legal, I can't even drink. Yeah. Like, well, dude, look at yourself. Like, look at where you've brought yourself through all of this. Why do you want that? Yeah. And um, nowadays, it, I mean, what's it going to get me other than losing, losing a roof over my head and fucking up relationships with my, sorry, I don't know. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, certainly ain't the answer for me. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no legal drink. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to keep that going throughout the rest of the day, but you know, <laughs> well, you got two and a half years so far. Um, yeah, there's not a singleness of purpose, so obviously that probably implies that drugs are a part of your story. Oh yeah, I <laughs> yeah more so than alcohol, I would say. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's all the same. Yeah, yeah, it's all the same. Yeah. Um, if I didn't have drugs, I was definitely going to be drinking. Yeah. And I'd do whatever I needed to to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Something to fix the itch. Yeah. He's noticed you're very mature for your age. So what made you... <clears throat> what made you have that moment of clarity when you decided that you had to stop living that way and, and try a new way of life? I... A big thing for me was um, I had gotten impact letters from my mother, father, and brother, who he's five years younger than me. Mm -hmm. So at the time, he was all of 12, 13. He was 13. And hearing what I had to myself, I had unconsciously behaved and stolen, lied, cheated. All all the stuff that comes with, you know, yeah. that lifestyle. Yeah. Um 
really hearing it through a different person's voice because this was a therapist that was reading you know these these letters to me okay and that hit a very uncomfortable string having to sit in a room with a bunch of people Mm -hmm. um that was huge for me really just having to sit through it and hear my family's perspective Mm -hmm. and I looked at myself. I had lost 70 pounds in five months. Oh, wow. Yeah, my senior year. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I didn't look the same. People weren't around me anymore. I was trying to, you know, convince myself everything was all good. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I ended up, I was playing baseball and I was supposed to go off to a junior college in Birmingham um, out of high school to go play baseball and all I was doing was drugs drinking baseball and then repeat and um, it influenced baseball and I I ended up losing, I didn't, I had to basically turn back that scholarship and say, I got to do this, this treatment. I, I look horrible. I feel horrible. I don't care to live, but you know, this is, this is the one shot my family's given me and supporting me financially in doing so. And, you know, everybody around me that's, that's older than me is saying, you know, God, I wish I was able to do that when I was your age. Mm-hmm. You know, as and if only I could go back and do it at eighteen. And I've always, I've always dug my heels in with authority, but I was on such a losing streak that I was willing to just try whatever to win. Yeah. You know. So help me understand the impact letters. So was this like an intervent intervention or it? was it wasn't so much of an intervention i had i had bought into treatment at, at this point okay um so i guess your question was more so like oh, okay. what caused me to buy into treatment oh, okay okay so this is you were in treatment and then was, this is when you decided well hey maybe i need to really take this seriously correct okay because i did getting into treatment i i was just trying to check a box yeah yeah you know, i came in like any other 18 year old would i was I, I got to be out of here in 28 days. Yeah. You know, I got to, I got to where we're at here at Stepping Stones. Like, I got here and I was like, all right, I'll be here for 28 days and then uh, <laughs> got to be heading off to school. Yeah. And, yeah, I, any corner I could cut, I was looking to. Mm-hmm. It was, I got these uh, impact letters when I was in treatment mm-hmm. and. I. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you're good. Um. Okay. Sorry for the interruption, Mick. Um, as you were saying, you were you were in treatment and you got these impact letters. I did. I received. Um, impact letters and it was the first time that I was 
hearing out entirely what my family had to say. Yeah. Because, they, I mean, they had made attempts to tell me, but I wasn't going to be listening to them. Mm-hmm. And really the only way I could listen to them was through a third party. And you know, it was eye-opening, really, to hear you know, my parents say, we love you, but we don't trust you. Mm-hmm. And we love you, but we can't support this. We can't support the way you're living. Mm-hmm. And um, at first I took it as like a slap in the face. I said, well, how could you guys not support me? It's like, well, that's exactly what they're doing. They're just not going to enable you. Yeah. That's what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say the impact letters were definitely very big for me. Um, and something that was just, I mean, and to this day has been a constant reminder of like, all right, you're still, you still got this, this disease is any time that I see a face come in and out of here, or, I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of people just in the short period of time that I've been in the rooms, just the revolving door of people and seeing you know friends come in come out some friends not make it yeah and you know it's all the same stuff that I was doing Mm -hmm. I mean it's not changing and if I were to step back out there I probably wouldn't last all that long yeah yeah well that's that's extremely intelligent so you know you learn from others yeah I mean I'm starting to have to try to yeah because I mean, I, I was kind of always the the leader of the pack, and I touch the hot stove, see what happens. You know, yeah, let's go bungee jump or whatever. <laughs> um, so it's it's an adjustment that I've I have to continue to try to you know, put on the forefront. It's like observe, watch others, listen to others, especially listen to those who have been through it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, worked, I had to get into a program with, uh, you know, working with another individual mm-hmm. and that going through a spiritual awakening with somebody else mm-hmm. was life altering yeah. for the better. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say to this, like currently I have a sponsor. I don't call him all that much. I should. Mm-hmm. Um, I've started to... There's complacency in the way I operate now. Um, and I don't know what I would attribute that to. Um, but, I mean, it's important to just be honest about that. And not sit here and try to bullshit, you know. Okay, so you're telling on yourself here, so I can send yeah. you a clip. That's this clip right here to motivate you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I send me this every single morning. Um, but I, I did want to say, um, you know, when you're talking about them impact letters, I know, you know, I've been in and out of the rooms for a long mm-hmm. time, and um, the biggest, one of the biggest talks I ever had was when my sister pulled me aside and read me the riot act. And just, you know, told me that 
I couldn't keep going out every six months. Um, you know, she told me that they were just waiting to get the call that I was dead. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I I guess I, I was so trapped in self, and I always thought that I didn't hurt anybody else. Right. But, but it was then that I realized, oh, wait, my actions affect my whole family. Right. But you figured that out pretty right away. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was it was pretty quickly that I realized the collateral damage mm-hmm. of addiction mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, like my my actions mm-hmm. in active addiction. Um, and, it, yeah, it was so uncomfortable hearing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just so raw and, like, what I needed to hear. Um, and I'm so grateful for that. I really am so grateful for that. I mean, that's awesome that, that you heard that and were able to, to make a serious turnaround. Yeah. I mean, it's work in progress, of course, but I mean, I'm going to my family's a little bit later Mm -hmm. and spending time with them and, you know, yeah, just slow and steady. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, let me see, where was I? So, um, what you know, what has sobriety taught you the most? I mean, you kind of, maybe that was it. I don't know. Oh, that's a good question. Um, it has, <laughs> it's taught me that I'm not as important as I wish to think I am. Mm-hmm. And that... All I really, all you really ought to do is just talk to people, mm-hmm. and express what you got going on. Mm-hmm. Because there's, you're not gonna be the only one with that problem. Mm-hmm. I'll guarantee it. Yeah. Like, even if it's something horrible, like your dog got hit by a car. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you probably won't be the only person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um. There's other people with the same problem. And they may be struggling with it the same time you are. And, yeah, yeah, I would say that sobriety's taught me that I'm certainly not alone. And I, you know, my ego isn't as important as I'd like to think that it is. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, you know, that's a lot of the programs. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, you know, I just bought a, um, let you know that that you're probably the first person I haven't gone over the questions with first, so don't feel bad because I would go over the questions with people and then they they would kind of answer them without me even asking the questions. Yeah. So, now you're good. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. What what you're saying is you know, you know, AA and NA and CA and and all that is really kind of like group therapy. It's just a matter... It's whether or not you participate. Right. That's (laughs) it. That's it. I mean, you could say whatever you want about whatever. Mm -hmm. If you're putting in half-ass effort, you're going to get half-ass results. Yeah. If you're going into, you know, a meeting of any type Mm -hmm. and you're putting your best out there, you're participating, you're trying to get something out of it, you will. Yeah. It's all it's all the mindset. Yeah, I mean, if you sit in the back and you look at your phone and you can't wait for the meeting to be over, right? You're probably not going to get much out of it, right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, 
if you speak up and, and just, because it took me so many years to figure that out, to where I had to start sitting up front and, and I had yeah. to start sharing. And sometimes just hearing my thoughts out loud was enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. becoming a part of it, you know. Yeah. And, and at first, a difficulty that I had was finding the differences mm-hmm. with everybody else in the room. Um, I tried to, you know, convince myself that I was too young to get into the rooms. Mm-hmm. I tried to convince myself that, well, I shouldn't be at A meetings because I never went through withdrawals for alcohol. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, you know the deal. All yeah. the excuses I tried to make up, but, yeah. I mean, it's really a miracle that... I'm not fucked up right now, mm. and I'm, I and that like mm. I was able to actually not get fucked up. Yeah, for the last two and a half years, but that I mean that ain't my work. Yeah, I mean it's amazing. I mean you really are impressive that that you got a hold of this, and you know very mature for your age. You, uh, my father used to say, um, a wise man learns from the mistakes of others. A fool will learn on his own. I always played a fool, but you seem like a pretty wise man that you said, wait, hold on. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm, I've certainly been foolish before, but making attempts to get wiser. Yeah. Making attempts to get wiser. Well, yeah, I did. When, when I talked about how you're someone that doesn't just talk, you're someone that does, I did want to talk about you've gotten involved with working in the field. Mm-hmm. Can, can you tell us what led you to that? How's yeah. The, what have you learned doing that? Um, yeah, I, so about, about a year ago, I started working in the field of, uh, you know, like recovery, detoxes, rehabs. Um, I started working at a detox and that was an awesome experience. Mm -hmm. Um, I loved doing that. It was um, green for you every day. You kept it green every day, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> green as it gets. Yeah. Um, you know that is. If you want to learn what the front lines look like, that's it. Yeah, I mean you're seeing everything, yeah. everything, and um, at times it can be a lot. At mm-hmm. times, I mean it's it's emotionally exhausting having to see somebody that you know. You might even know outside of the rooms or outside of, you know, your place of work. Like yeah. Seeing these people, and, you know, watching watching the disease just chip away at them. Yeah, this is their bottom when they're right. like suicidal right. or yeah. whatever. That's, that's it. You're getting, yeah. you're getting all these people that are just at bottom. Mm-hmm. And, um, but being able to be, you know, that, that one face that's just like, mm-hmm. I'm so glad you were able to make it back. I'm so I'm so glad that you're still breathing right now, because sometimes that's just what you need. Yeah, you know I, I you know, they they're beating themselves up pretty bad mm-hmm. as it is. Yeah, even if they're maybe not right in that moment, they're gonna be. Yeah, and you know we've all done really f- horrible fucked up things, mm-hmm. but you know, none of us should feel shameful for it. It's okay to feel guilty, but don't feel shameful. Because mm-hmm. there's a big difference between the two. 
Yeah, exactly. Guilt guilt can motivate you. Shame. Guilt, yeah, guilt is I've done wrong. Shame is I am wrong. Yeah. And it's not okay to feel that shame, mm-hmm. especially coming into a detox or a treatment center. Yeah. Like, you got to realize that you're here to accomplish something out of this and you don't want to just go through the motions mm-hmm. actually put put effort in if you want something out mm-hmm. but and that's tough too seeing some people come in and and they they really just don't care mm-hmm. you know like they mm-hmm. it, it whether it is they're just doing it to appease the courts mm-hmm. or whatever it may be mm-hmm. um, it, working in the in that field has been eye opening in many regards it can definitely be frustrating at times mm-hmm. um, but there's nothing else I'd rather do for work mm-hmm. it really isn't yeah that's yeah. it's gotta be you know I'm sure you can see so much you see people beginning their journey and and I mean, in that time, you can see somebody come in broken, be willing for treatment, and within four days, the ego's completely back. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. And then um, they then they gotta go. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And and through all that, I gotta take my own ego out of it, mm-hmm. and I gotta take all the hats that I want to wear. Yeah. I gotta take them off, put them in the closet, and strictly throw on the professional worker cap. Yeah. And. Um, we're a challenging, very challenging uh, population to deal with. Yeah. And it's hard to stay professional through that sometimes, mm-hmm. but, I yeah. mean, it is what it is. Yeah. Like, I can see how that could be hard, too, because, like, you want to take on, like, you can fix them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, you just have to let them. Yeah, that's on them, man. It's, yeah. You let it play out. Yeah. Well. I was going to ask you about the pros and cons. I think we've already kind of covered that, huh? <laughs> yeah, for the most part, I would say, um, I will say that uh, I definitely working in the field has fed um, some complacency for me mm-hmm. um, as far as, you know, sometimes when I'm, you know, I'm going to meetings and taking guys to meetings. Yeah doesn't always feel the same yeah. I'll try to at times but it's kind of like I gotta keep my head on a swivel make sure no one's dipping out of the meeting or, yeah you know, um and you know sometimes it I can get a little bit of a burnt out feeling kind of like oh, I've heard so much recovery today <laughs> I just kind of want to just take a shower and go to bed oh, yeah um but it's you know, the roommates that'll knock on my door when I'm sleeping and wake my ass up and say, "Hey, get up, yeah. let's do something." Like <laughs> that kind of yeah. refreshes me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, man, it's uh, yeah, that's cool. I mean, the detox thing is something I've never experienced. You know, I worked at, <clears throat> at a couple of programs where where you see people in there, you know, go to meetings and do your chore phase. Um, and I think for me, it's like, I, I watch people and I have like a three week rule 
and and after three weeks is like kind of when they come down off the pink cloud and you see who the who you know what's really going on with them you know and that's yeah. like either where they keep going with their journey or they're totally cured yeah <laughs> you know and, and i've been totally cured before you know so sure yeah or, or you know california clean Yo, yeah, right? yeah we were talking about that the other day some yeah. people just think yeah. well it's it's legal it's medical yeah, and I guess some of the cons are when you have to, you know, witness drug tests and make sure it's coming out from them. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah I've had to do, I've had to witness a lot of drug tests. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes seeing it firsthand at work would always be hard. Like for me, my thing was coke, mm -hmm. uh, or really any yeah. upper. If I, you know, yeah. if somebody came in with coke or meth or mm. anything, and they have a bag of it, mm. sometimes they'd have a rig. Yeah, it's like oh. That's yeah. that's what brought me. That's what put me in your shoes. Yeah. Um. And. But, what is awesome is having the ability to kind of mm -hmm. get that, still have that recoil from the flame. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, like, what the fuck is that going to give me? Nothing good yeah, except for thirty it. seconds. That's <laughs> like, like the ten step promises. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So. Ultimately. Pros definitely outweigh the cons for yeah. me in working in the field, for sure. So um, the cons probably are, you know, I mean, I know when, when somebody tests positive. Sure. And you're like, fuck. Right. And now i got to tell this person to pack their stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's easier than others, really. I mean, <laughs> you know, some, if, if it's somebody that's been giving you a hard time, oh, yeah. it's kind of like, all right, I'm ready for you to leave. Yeah. But, but um, yeah, it's it's yeah. tough. and. Yeah. Just witnessing somebody else's experience and, and seeing, you know, all right, this they're gonna have to learn this on their own, and yeah. this might not be the last time for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, or you know, the cases where I think this is the last time they're gonna, yeah, you know, this yeah. may be the last time I see them. And unfortunately, that's been true on some in some cases. Yeah, but. Um, I, I'm I'm just grateful I got guys like you, Gus, Chris, everybody here, Dom. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm glad he's back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just interviewed him last week. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'm that job working in that field gives me more than I realize mm -hmm. and I'm sure that there will be things once yeah. we get off this podcast they'll be like oh shit I didn't even mention yeah. that yeah. but um yeah yeah no I you know many years ago I interned to be a counselor and of course I didn't complete it I mm -hmm. you know I, I relapsed and you know went on a bad run but I remember reading about the burnout rate like like most counselors can't last more than two years or there's a high burnout mm -hmm. rate, you know, it's almost like the relapse rate, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. But I've also, I've always lived under the philosophy that working in the field is not the only way to stay sober, but it might be one of the best ways, you know, cause that's where you live the 12 step. Yeah. 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 It, um, I think, yeah, it's very important for me to, just constantly be reminded of that's where you'll be. Mm -hmm. You know, that is, and you just play the tapes through, that's probably where you'll end up. Mm -hmm. Is, you know, walking around with, with a couple shirts hanging on your shoulder. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
and that's it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it it has definitely done a lot for me, and I've learned so much. Just, I mean, that it's really one of my first like real jobs. Mm-hmm. Like before working in the industry, I was a, a furniture mover. Mm. I did gardening for a little bit. <laughs> I uh, cleaned carpet. That was it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was really it. Um, but yeah, I mean, wouldn't take back a single thing. Yeah, no, it's so awesome. Um, you're in a unique position to really help some young people. You know. Yeah. Because you've lived through all them, you know, scenarios. Yeah, and. That's one thing that it would be very cool to see um, would just be like more more of an understanding from like younger people, people from my generation. Like, man, like, what are you getting out of that? What are you getting out of drinking and eating your pills or mm-hmm. whatever? You're getting a good feeling for a little bit and then you're just going to wake up with a headache and... 120 bucks missing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but, and, I mean, everybody's going to go at their own pace, and, I mean, I think it's a tale as old as time, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, um, <clears throat> people are coming in a whole lot younger. Um, the biggest problem I've noticed with younger people is them having, um, kind of rebellion about even believing in God or, or anything spiritual. Um, can, can you tell me a little bit about your spirituality? Yeah. Um, so I was born and raised in the Catholic Church um, and from a very early age from about six years old um, is when I came to believe there wasn't a higher power. Mm-hmm. Um, I believed that, you know, I had some some personal trauma go on in my childhood, and through that, I was told, you know, if you speak up, you're going to hell. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's a quick okay. Well, then there's not anything real out there because I wouldn't be told that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, through that, I kept my mouth shut for a while, mm-hmm. and that just ate away at me. Yeah. Um, and so it was just kind of, there was no question for, until I was about 17, like, okay, there's, no, there's no God. Mm-hmm. I, I got to do my own, I got to pull myself up from my bootstraps. And yeah. it was, that was kind of the whole me, me, I got to do this myself. Mm-hmm. I got to run my life and I got to take charge. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of the biggest downfalls for me was myself and not believing in anything bigger than me. Um, but today, uh, that's not the same case. Yeah. I, um, you know, I don't have a face to my higher power. I don't have a name mm-hmm. for it. But you know, like we were saying, it's for me, it's an energy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something that's rolling the dice while I'm asleep and moving the chess players like it's I know there's something that's behind the scenes calling the shots 
and yeah. I don't have control over as much as I'd like to think I do. <laughs> but I mean, going back to the serenity prayers, mm-hmm. accept what I can't change, change what I can, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know, be wise enough to know the difference. Yeah, yeah, you know that's. I don't really understand God, but I know there is a God. Yeah. And if it, you know, I did want to say that um, so many people suffer through childhood trauma. I suffered through some childhood trauma, and, and I kept it all inside to my thirties. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. maybe, maybe that's why I, you know. Um, but when I was reading about it, one study said that if you look in an AA meeting or NA meeting, seventy percent of the people in there have had childhood trauma. You know? Yeah. But at the time, you think you're the only person in the world, and there's something right. wrong with you. Right. You and know? you don't want to speak that out. Yeah. And the first time I did speak that out was I was 14, and I told a friend mm-hmm. at the time, and the response I got was basically, well, what are you crying about? That happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not a big deal. Yeah. And that kind of led me to yeah. shut off for a couple of years, and... Yeah. Um, Thankfully, I got through that, and I processed that, and mm. you know, actually received the the therapy mm. that I needed for it. Um, mm. And like, I'm able to talk about it today. Yeah, like that shit doesn't define me at all. Yeah, it's just something that happened. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, that. Yeah, it's great you've been able to deal with it, and you know, it's not something people advertise, but it happens to seven out of ten people yeah. in the room. Hopefully, the world's getting better. Yeah, but um, I know for me. I would. I had the DNA of an alcoholic, mm-hmm. but just to make sure, once that happens, you create an alcoholic, or an addict, or whatever. Yeah. You know. Um, and that's interesting. You bring that up. The DNA of an alcoholic. Um, <clears throat> I, you know, I my parents and I we've tried looking and we can't at least for you know the generations visible to me. Mm-hmm. I can't trace back an alcoholic. In my family uh-huh. or an addict yeah um you know thankfully neither of my parents mm. suffer with this grandparents don't um but mm. for me it, <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm it yeah yeah um, we don't we don't sit and, and worry about why we got a flat tire we just try to fix it but in hindsight you maybe so you might be one of the people that was conditioned had things happen to you who knows? Yeah. Yeah, who knows? Um, yeah, I don't spend I don't spend too much yeah. time, you know, thinking about, yeah. like, what could have caused it. Uh, it's just more like, all right, how are we going to deal with it? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, for me, both my parents were alcoholics, so that yeah. was pretty... I, first time I got drunk was when I was the ring bearer at my brother's wedding, and I was, like, 10 years old. Oh, wow. I was able to handle five shots and then a blackout. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you know, but I kind of relate to you though too, because by like thirteen, I was in full fledged addiction. You know. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. That was. I started using. I started smoking weed yeah. at like thirteen, fourteen, yeah. drinking at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of it also came you know, like the friends I hang with had all, all had older brothers, so yeah. they're kind of showing us the ropes and everything. Yeah. But um, yeah. When you start that young. Your, your chances of, of, of having a problem are probably, you know, 10 times, or I'm just making up a number, but I'm sure... I'm sure they're not... I'm sure your numbers aren't far off. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, I'm sure it's Exponentially very, higher. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, wow. Well, um, what, what are your plans for your future? 
you know, again, because you're obviously we're going down the career track. Um, um wow, my plans for the future hold. Um, you know, currently I am working to get supervision hours for my CAC, mm-hmm. so my my certificate in addiction counseling. Um, so four thousand hours you need. I believe some. Yeah. Yeah, like a, a lot of yeah, hours, <laughs> two years of full yeah. time. So I got I got some more hours to collect on that, um, and I really I'm I'm not trying to make any huge mm-hmm. you know adjustments in the next like six months, even a year. Really, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to you know, yeah pace myself, stack money away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, cut out impulsive decisions mm-hmm. and yeah I guess yeah. I, don't, I don't know <laughs> yeah I, yeah I'm sorry I don't mean to put you on the no, spot no you're good you're good yeah. I just I know I'm sure you probably heard this before like if I had that head on my shoulders when I was 21 you know I'd long be retired I would have took yeah. over the world and you know and and Thank you. I appreciate that every time I hear anything close to that, uh-huh. which I do. I do get at times. Um, there's still that, sh- you know, the stress of, all right. Well, you definitely shouldn't fuck that up now. <laughs> like, you know, like, um, but I'm just having to trust in what what the older guys are telling me. Yeah. Really, like I've never been a younger brother. I only have. I have a younger brother. I've always been the oldest. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, this is kind of my time to feel like a younger sibling and just mm-hmm. listen to guys. Yeah. Um, which it's it's awesome to have. Yeah. Well, you know, I really appreciate having you on here, Mick. I mean, yeah, you're definitely, you know, just a. I say it for the nine hundredth time that you're definitely like a. You carry the torch for young people. Like this is how you do it. Um, yeah. Any any questions, comments? No, man. I appreciate it. I really do. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I hope next week to have um, Andrew, who was who played college yeah. baseball. Yeah. He yeah. and I go and hit sometimes. Yeah. We've, we've gone and hit some balls before. Yeah. He's he's still got it for sure. Yeah. But yeah, let's get him on here. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate man. it, man. Yeah, I appreciate love you, it. buddy. Love you too, man. Okay, let's see.